more time all across this place. Can we lift up the name of Jesus? Come on, that name that's above every other name. Lord, we praise you, God. Come on, that's with that that's with the lifted hand, or if you put your hands together and lift up your voice. I want us to lift up the name of Jesus right now. Lord, you're worthy, God. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, God. Lord, we give you the glory, the honor, the praise. Lord, there's none like you, God. Unlike you, so thankful for the spirit that we can feel in this house today. Amen. The weather outside is awfully nice and it's awfully refreshing. But I'm going to tell you, what I feel in this place here today is awfully refreshing as well. It feels good in the house of the Lord today. Amen, amen. Every time that we have this chance to come together, we have as pastor has already said very greatly that we have we step into a an opportunity to receive the miraculous we step into a place where as i say often that we can feel the presence of god wherever we're at but something happens whenever we get into a room full of i don't know 150 200 people however many are here today and we begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And his presence begins to move into this place. There's something different that begins to happen. And an atmosphere is set to where whatever we need in this place that God is able to provide for us. It's an atmosphere that kind of puts us in a place where we understand I'm not fighting this battle alone. It kind of gets us in a mindset to understand that I've got an army of people. Everybody look beside you. Look around you real quick. I've got an army of people. And that's just those in this room right now. That are fighting with me. And that are fighting on my behalf. In atmospheres like this we can lay hands on one another. We can bind together. And we can cast down things. And we can exalt things. And we can create a place where God can do the miraculous. I'm so thankful for this opportunity in this place. I'm going to let you be seated. You've been standing for a while. Before I get into a message here today, not my message, but the Lord's, that He has blessed me to be able to bring this morning, I just want to say thank you to some people. Um, we are in October this is fall. Now, if you had come to our house, my house, mine and Danielle's house, it's hers too, I guess. It's hers most. And uh, if you had come to our house in mid-August, the house looked like fall. And she said she was willing fall into the atmosphere. <laughs> she was ready for it. But today, we come in, it's, it's fall. And first off, I want to say thank you to our media team Look at these slides that they put up. Doesn't that feel like fall? It feels like deer hunting, really. But it feels like fall. They're kind of synonymous. And all the lighting. And then look at these decorations up here. Sister Brienne and Sister Danielle came up here after church on Wednesday night and stuck around and did all these decorations for fall. 
I wasn't asked to do this, and I may get scolded for doing it, but parents, if you see your children up here knocking these over and strolling these things around, why don't you grab them and tell them that they shouldn't do that? That comes from a guy with no children, so you just take that for whatever it is. <laughs> My dogs will not be at, well, our dogs are past, but would not be up here doing that. <laughs> Dog dad. Um, but with all of these decorations, there's some awesome pumpkins up here, and I think a gourd. Oh, my gourd. There's a gourd up here. And uh, those came from some friend of ours, and they're actually in church with us today. Brother Jared and Sarah are back here. And then we got June and Chase and Charlie. Charlie, wave your hand. Let everybody see you. There's Charlie. <laughs> Those are some great friends of ours from the Troy area. They've been coming to Bible study with us in Troy, and they're in service with us today. And uh, we're, we're so thankful to have the Caruso family here with us and, uh, and, and just worshiping God with us. They own a, uh, a produce stand. It started as a produce stand, and now it's, it looks like fall threw up on it. And uh, it's got a bunch of mums and pumpkins and gourds and just all these different things are out there. And uh, that's over in Troy in front of Auto Outfitters. It's Heavenly Harvest uh, Produce Stand. You guys, uh, he, was, he was supposed to have a, a flatbed truck here today full of things that people could purchase if they wanted. And uh, he went to pick up the truck at the, at the shop and people were flooding the place and they were selling like crazy. And he wasn't even able to get the truck loaded so uh, they've got a lot of business going on over there today. So if you're looking for mums, if you're looking for pumpkins, all those things, um, they, these here were provided to the church by them, and uh, we're thankful for that, and we're grateful for that, and we're telling the church, if you guys are going to purchase any of those things, shoot over to Troy, check out uh, in front of Auto Outfitters, their stand there, and uh, purchase from them, and we're thankful for that. It's great to have you guys with us today. Hope, hopefully that's not too uh, embarrassing for you. <laughs> Amen. Today, um, this morning, I I have appreciated the the songs and um, the setup that we have had today. I will tell you right up front and just completely blatantly honest with you that I have struggled with what to preach today. Um, I know that God does not; He is not the author of confusion, and that He does not do things. Um, just kind of sporadically. So I know it's my flesh that's getting in the way of what God is trying to do. I understand that. And uh, I, have, I have struggled with the, with the Word. I have um, started putting together messages and sermons. And I said, man, I don't think that's it. and would go somewhere else. But something of this I think would fit in there. And I'm hoping that by the end of today that what happens is it's one of those deals that if you're looking at it from the side, it looks like a jumbled mess. But as you turn and you move in line with it, you go, oh, that makes perfect sense. So y'all just pray that that's what happens today. But uh, I feel like we are in a place, we're in a place both in our church in our walk with God, we are in a place in society where we, we are in, in battle and we are at war with the things around us. Not a physical war, not a physical battle, but spiritually we are fighting. We are fighting, families are fighting to stay together and 
homes are fighting to keep peace and people are fighting to be saved and others are fighting to stay saved. And we are at a place where we are fighting every day for the things of God in our life that we understand and we see. And I believe that the majority of people, even those who would say that they don't believe in God or they don't follow after God, that deep down inside somewhere that they understand and believe that God is and that there is a plan for their life and that there is something great that God wants for them. And I believe that everyone in this room probably falls in that category that we believe in God and we believe that God has something great for us and 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 that we strive every day to reach the potential that God has for us and the things that God has for us. Throughout the Bible, war is not something that is just sporadically thrown in, but it is pretty well on most pages of the word. As we go through the Old Testament, we see where uh, there, there are books all about the great wars and fights and victories and triumphs and losses that take place throughout the word. The Bible can be a book of great war. Sometimes there is great triumph in these times of battle and these times of war. And other times there is great loss that we see that takes place. But in every scenario, we will find that there is victory when God has the plan. Every time, whenever man turns to God and says, what is your plan and how can I get in line with it? We find where man finds victory as long as God is holding the plan. That when God declares the way that man begins to follow the plan of God, that there will always be a victory in his path. If there was ever a time that man is going to battle. God always gives the authority and the dominion if they are going to see victory. If ever there is a time in the word of God that man decides or a king or a ruler or a general decides we are going to go to war and we are going to fight battle, there will always be territory taken and there will always be victory in their path as long as God is the one giving the go. Every time we see in the Bible that there is territory to be taken, God gives some type of instruction. He tells Adam to go and to take the land, to subdue it and to take dominion over. This is the first time that we see in the word of God where man is given this dominion over land, over territory. He gives a promise to Abraham and he tells him to go to a land that I will show you and I will be with you. And he gives vision and promise to Jacob and of his descendants and his territories and where they will be. And he says, I will not leave you, I will go with you. He empowers Joshua as they cross the Jordan to take the promised land. He tells him, be strong and be courageous as you go to take this land and understand I will be with you. I will not leave you. The list could go on and on as we go throughout the Bible of men and great men of God that go and they fight and they deliver unto God a victory because God was in it. 
Throughout the Old Testament, there are many battles and wars. Strongholds are established and strongholds are brought down. Battles are won with the help of the Lord. And battles are lost when man loses sight of God and what God is doing. We see things like groups of 300 that defeat 135,000. And we stand back and we say, how could this happen? Or some would say, how in God's name could this happen? And we say, well, it was by God's name. It was by God's provision that this happened. We find stories and childhood stories that we learn of, of one boy who stands out in a battlefield and slays a giant of a man. How can this take place with primitive weapons? A child that is not even uh, structured, a young man who is not even structured or learned in the ways of war, how can he slay a giant? Because of God. Because of his strength. But other times we find where the army, sometimes fleeing for their life, when they fight and God says, no, stand still, they find themselves in places that they should not be tucking their tail between their legs and running for the hills, looking for any kind of rest. Many times the chosen and the promised people of God are invaded by the enemy. They are living among heathens and serving those without God in bondage and and in places that they should not be. Throughout the Old Testament, it's a constant back and forth of this chosen generation with the promise, keeping the word of God, standing firm on the word, going to God first and winning battles. But then we find a generation that will come and they bury the tablets. And there came a generation that knew not God or his statutes. It's a back and forth, a roller coaster that we find in the Old Testament. I believe that there are many things that we find today and many times in the New Testament. And Pastor said it earlier, we are the New Testament church. The book of Revelation has not completely come to pass yet and the the Lord has not called back His church yet. So we are still the New Testament church. We are still living in the New Testament today. And I believe many times the New Testament, including right now and today, it mirrors in the spiritual what happens in the Old Testament and the physical. That a lot of wars that were fought and a lot of battles that were fought, that today we can see ourselves fighting a lot of these same things, not in the physical, not walking in and me and Pastor have a disagreement about something, so we go out back and we duke it out and then whoever wins gets to have their way. That's not how we do things around here. It's how pastor wants to do things. Just kick me. That's not how we do it. We have a disagreement. We talk about it. We pray about it. We fight in the spiritual. In the spiritual realm. We are instructed that today that we are still fighting battles 
but that our battles are not in the physical. Ephesians 6 tells us, Paul is explaining here that we have a battle and a war that we are fighting each and every day, that there is territory that we are to be taking and there is territory that we are to be defending. But understand me, he says this fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and it's against powers. It's against wickedness in high places. Come on, we've got to understand that we aren't getting up every day and strapping on weapons to go fight a war in the physical but every day we are fighting a war we are fighting a war in the spiritual and we have to be prepared to fight that war to win that battle to do what God has called us to do first Peter explains to us that we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a people of his own possession that he would escape, that we would escape darkness and come into his marvelous light. That there is a darkness of this world that we need to be running from, that we need to be fleeing from every day and that by his power and by his might that we are able to do that. I got up this morning I got dressed, you're all thankful for that, and I came to church with this message on my mind, with our congregation on my mind. I got up ready to come and to fight in battle. But today I did not leave my house with an AR-15 strapped to my chest, even though I could have. I just want you to know. I was not ready to go to war with people, but I was ready to go to war for the kingdom of God. I did not put on earthly weapons, but I did wake up this morning and plant my feet onto a battleground with my mind made up that today, no matter what it takes, no matter what happens, no matter what I face, that I'm going to win this battle. That my weapons are not bombs and guns. It's not knives and swords and spears. But I got up this morning and I put on the whole armor of God. Come on, I put on that armor and I stepped into that battlefield and I decided today I'm going to fight a war. I'm going to fight a battle. But I'm going to win it with praise on my lips, with his word in my heart. Come on, proclaiming the name that is above every name. I'm going to step onto that battlefield. I'm going to have the word in my hand, and I'm going to have a fire within me that says, I will win this war today. Every day that I'm in this city, that I'm in the city of O'Fallon, or if I'm in the city of Troy, I want you to know that I'm driving through that city. I would say I'm walking through that city, but look at me. I'm driving through that city every day with my mind made up. Every day I go through those cities, these cities, and I have a made up mind. Not that I'm trying to take physical land. If somebody has physical land in the city of Troy that you would like to give us to start a church, we will take it. But I'm not trying to take physical land. I'm not walking around trying to figure out where I can plant my 
flag, but I'm understanding that there is a banner of heaven that we are trying to plant in the city of Troy. There is a banner of heaven that we are planting all over the city of O'Fallon that says, Satan, this is not your territory. Satan, this is not your home. Satan, whatever I've got to do, I'm going to do it to drive you out of this place and to let God be proclaimed in this city. I'm not trying to be the ruler of the city of O'Fallon. They can have that mess. I'm not trying to overthrow the Troy city government, but every day that I'm in this city or that one, I'm fighting for territory that cannot be seen with the eye. I'm fighting for territory that you can't just walk out and see, but you can feel in the spirit that there's things that are coming against people, and there's things that are coming against homes, and there's things that are coming against schools and children. There's things that are coming against our families, And we're fighting for those things. There are days that I get up and I'm fighting for my salvation. My wife starts in, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm fighting, I'm fighting every day for my salvation. Every day I get up and I put my war boots on and I'm fighting for my marriage. Every day I'm fighting for my family. Every day I walk out to my truck and I look in the little cul-de-sac that I live in and I look around and I say, I'm fighting for my neighbors. I'm fighting for my neighborhood. I'm fighting for my city. I'm fighting against evil forces, evil strongholds of this world that are trying to kill off, that are trying to kill steal and destroy I'm fighting every day against it because I know that we're in a battle and I know that through the power of Christ that we can win I'm taking up arms every day and I'm looking Satan in the eyes and I'm declaring to him, this is not your land. This is not your promise. I have a made up mind that I will fast, that I will, that's a big one right there, that I will fast, that I will pray, that I will work, that I will declare the word of the Lord until every stronghold is defeated. And I think we need some people some families, come on, some ministers. We need some heads of households that make up your mind the same, that every day I'm not getting up and putting a gun on my side to go fight a battle, but I'm getting up and I'm digging into the word. I'm praying. I'm declaring the word. I'm gonna do what I've gotta do. I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna tell my neighbors. I'm gonna walk my neighborhood if I have to. I am gonna see peace in my home, in my community, in my family. I will fight for the things of God. I'm going to tell you right now, there's been, there's been some ups and downs in our Troy Bible study in our church plant that we're doing over there. There's been a couple nights that we show up, and I thank God for Brother Brian and Sister Michelle. Thank God for recently Andy and Morgan have been showing up with us. They live there in Moscow Mills. They want to come and be a part of what's going on. The Harpoles are part of this and helping us and praying and fasting for us. She tells me sometimes, I want to go on a week fast. Well, you tell me how that goes. 
kidding. That's difficult, though. A day's difficult. Come on now. I fasted lunch. That should be enough. <laughs> There's some times, some ups and downs, some difficult times. A couple weeks ago, we showed up, and it was just a handful. Of, I'm thankful for our Urshan students that come and are a part of, uh, we, we have three Urshan students that come over and are part of our, our Bible study over there. They help with child care. And um, we showed up one, uh, a couple weeks ago, though, and there was just a handful of us. No one from the city of Troy was there. And uh, I, I began to be a little bit discouraged, but at the same time, I began to hear the words of uh, Brother Parkey, our, our district superintendent. He spoke to me some time ago, and he, and he told me, he said, there will be times that you will show up, and it's just going to be you and your wife, or it's just going to be you and a couple saints that have come over with you. And he said, in those moments, he said, don't pack up and go home. He said, what I want you to do and what you need to do is he said, you preach that word that you had prepared. You preach that word. And he said, it may not be falling on the ears of those that you think need to hear it, but you're putting that word in the atmosphere. And the strongholds of that city is hearing the word of God. And the strongholds of that city says, you know what? He's not going to be discouraged easily, but he's going to keep preaching, and he's going to keep fighting, and he's going to keep praying, and he's going to keep pushing. And I'm here to tell you today that not just church planners should feel that way. Come on, but we should have some heads of households. We should have some people that want Walk into your work. And you say today, they may not realize it, but I'm going to be walking through praying. I'm going to be walking through preaching the word. I'm going to be walking through declaring. Come on, we need some young people that go to school and say in my school, while I'm walking from class to class, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be laying hands on lockers. I'm going to be declaring the word in here, not because everybody's hearing it, but because the spiritual realm knows that I'm here and I'm fighting on behalf of myself city, of my school, of my home. We're fighting a battle. We're fighting a battle. I don't even know where I'm at. I started a whole other sermon that's not even in here. There are strongholds in our cities, in our homes, in our families that have been hanging around for too long. And I'm telling you, God is ready to bring them down. There are mountains in your life that God wants to level. Come on, you've been trying to climb the mountain. You've been trying to climb the mountain and you slip and you fall. And God says, if you will just speak to that mountain, I'll move it. I'll flatten it. I'll take that thing right out of your way. But we think we have to climb. That we have to fight. That we have to do these things. And there are some, there are some things in our life that we just are going to have to get through. But have you tried calling on the name of the Lord? Have you tried casting that thing down in the name of Jesus? And letting God do his work? There are times that we're going to have to have a made up mind. That I will speak to that mountain. That it may not be the weapon of war that I should have, but I'm going to fling every stone that I've got at that giant. And I'm going to fight 
every battle that God sets before me. That not by my own power and my own might, but by the Spirit of God, I will be victorious. There is territory in our homes, in our families, in our communities, our schools. I've said these things, but I'll say them over and over because it is the truth that we have let the enemy have for far too long. We have stepped aside and we have said, well, you know, things are just going to be the way that things are going to be. But they don't have to be. Come on, if we can get someone bold enough to stand up in the face of adversity and say, not today, not in my home, not in my house, not in my marriage, not in my school, not in my work, not in my city, Satan, you will not take this place, for we will stand and declare, thus saith the word of the Lord. We are going to take this territory by his name, not by my might or my power, but by the name name of the Lord and by the Spirit these things will be done. Second Samuel tells us about David's mighty men and one of these men, his name was, it was either Shema or it was Shama or it was Shema something like that. Thank you so much for that. Something like that. The Bible says that there was a patch of peas that the Philistines would come in every year. And for the sake of time, I'm not going in depth on the whole story, but the Philistines would come in every year and they would take the crop of these people. The people would let them do it in fear. They would show up and they would run and they would hide and the Philistines would take their food, take their land, take their sustenance. But one day, there was a man, one of David's mighty men, stood up, and he stood his ground. And whenever the Philistines showed up to take their stuff that year, he stood in the field and said, not today. Not today. Enemy, you have come. And you have ravaged us for far too long. You have taken our children. Come on, we're not talking about the field anymore. This is us. You have taken our children. You have taken our peace. You have taken our health. You have taken our wealth. You have taken our homes. And it will not happen any longer. Can we get some shamas that can stand up today and say, you know what, Philistines? You know what, enemy? You're going to come in and you're going to try to take what I have planted and what I have watered and what I have taken care of every day, but not today. And the Bible says that with the help of the Lord, with the help of the Lord, that he was able to fight off the enemy and to protect his land and to protect his crop, not by his own power, not because he could swing a sword just right, but because whenever he stood for what was right, the army of the Lord stood behind him. Come on, God gave him strength. God God gave him courage. God gave him the ability to fight off an entire army and to, and to defend what was rightfully his. And we have to do the same. Every day you get up and you begin to spend even just minutes in prayer. You're not doing that for naught. You get up and you read even just one chapter out of your word, out of the word of God. It's not for nothing. 
You get up and you plead the blood over your family and over your children. You ask God, direct my steps and protect me today. You do those things, not because they're just words that go out into the air, but because there is a God that hears it and there is a God that sees it. And whenever he looks down and he sees a man or he sees a woman or if he even sees a child that says, today I'm going to stake my claim on what God has promised me and I'm not going to let the enemy have it. He comes down and he walks with you and he fights with you and he does everything that you need him to do in order for you to take the victory over what he has promised you. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58 says, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Not when we have God on our side. Our labor is never in vain. But if you are trying to fight a battle alone, you're going to lose every time. If you're trying to fight alone, you will lose every time. But the Spirit of God inside of us gives us the authority and the power to overcome the things of this world. If we walk out on our own flesh and try to start pushing around the devil, the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, call him what you will, he's going to hurt us every time. But if we get up in the morning and we put on the armor of God and we take that sword, which is the word of God, Come on, if we, if we take those things and we begin to fight that battle according to what God has promised us, every time we will see victory. We will see victory. One of the most used tactics of the enemy is that your past failures will keep you from future victories. The Bible says that if you want to take the strong man's house, that you must first bind the strong man. And the enemy knows this tactic. And I believe many times the enemy tries to bind us up in our mind and begins to tell us that because we have made past mistakes, because we have made past decisions, because we have done things that we shouldn't have done, because we have said things that we shouldn't have said, that we, from our past, cannot have future victories. The enemy likes to hold our victory over our head and says, because you did this, God doesn't love you. Because you acted this way, God will never accept you and and you're sick maybe because of your actions and you're, financial, you're in financial hardship because of your decisions and your marriage and your family is destroyed because fill in the blank. And he brings all this stuff up from the past and says, because of these reasons, you can't have a victory today or you can't have a victory tomorrow. 
He holds these things over us, convincing us that we can't have victory now because of something then. Making us think that we can't reach it, that we can't have it, and that we don't deserve it. But I'm here today to deliver some good news to each and to every one of you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, you remember the one who gives us the strength to be able to do those things? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away, and behold, the new has come. That the moment that we begin to walk with God, and the moment that we let the Spirit of God dwell within us, and the moment that we have our sins washed away in baptism, and we take on the spirit of God come on that through him that all things are that the old things are passed away and all things have become new that we are starting fresh that we are starting as a new creature and that we have a hope that we have never had before Paul had a conversion experience where he changed from Saul to Paul and He was no longer the executioner of the Christians, but he was the deliverer of a message of hope. Matthew 16 tells us where Peter, or Jesus tells Peter, I'm going to build my church from you, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now we understand and, and Jesus is looking at him. And the conversation could have even went. Now the enemy is going to come and it's going to attack you. Peter, you're going to fail and you're going to betray me. But it's going to be a beautiful story of my grace to help everyone understand that the past is the past. And whenever you come into my territory and whenever you come into my spirit and whenever my spirit comes into you, that you're going to be able to do things that the whole world says that you can't do. That whenever the world says there's no way they could be a Christian, there's no way they could be a minister, there's no way they could save their family, that God says, I will make a way where there seems to be no way. When the world says there's no way, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Your sins, I'm going to ask the musicians to come, please. Your sins can be forgiven. Your sins can be forgiven. Your past can be washed away. Your hope can be restored. Your sicknesses, they can be healed. Your home, it can have peace. God said, I'm going to give you my spirit to empower you to do all things in my name. How do we have this restart? This moment in life where we recognize this battle that we are fighting and we recognize the importance of having the Spirit of God in us and working through us so that we can overcome sin so that we can live the life that God has called us to live. How do we have this restart? When Jesus leaves his disciples, he says, Go and wait for my spirit. And when you receive it, you will receive power. You will receive 
power. On Thursday night in our Bible study, Troy, we began to talk about this, this power, the Spirit of God, receiving the Spirit and the power that comes with it. I believe, and I say I believe because this is not from research. This is not, I'm not a, a scholar of uh, Greek text. I, I, I'm not going to tell you what this word is. And if you mesh it with this one, it makes this thing. This is a randalism here. He says, I will give you power. Not, I will give you strength. Not, I will give you boldness. Not, I will give you peace or words to say. He says, I will give you power. Because to some, that power is boldness. To some, that power is strength. To some, that power is wisdom. To some, that power is knowledge. To some, it is words to speak. And he gives us this power so that whenever they leave, they, they can begin to proclaim the truth. Now, whether you believe it or not, I'm going to tell you how the Spirit of God works through Randall, the power that he gives me. You may not believe this, but I hate talking in front of people. Okay? I really enjoy preaching, but I hate talking in front of people. In my past life of law enforcement and firefighting and all those things, I would go to those classes, those continuing education classes, and I would go into those praying, God, let this be an instructor that really doesn't care, and he just wants to teach a class and go home, and he doesn't want us to get in a circle and tell our thoughts on things or point out or or even whenever somebody says says you know they ask the question and then they hang on the end of the question they look at you like they want you to give them the answer i hate that stuff anytime we're in a group project and they say now we needed one speaker from the group to get up i'm like God, please don't pick me i don't like that stuff but whenever god put his spirit in me he said there's a work that i want you to do I want you to be a preacher of the gospel. I want you to teach Bible studies to people. I want you to go and open up your living room and bring people in and share my love and my gospel with them. And you know what? I can do that. Because God gives me the power through His Spirit. Whenever I receive His Spirit, He gave me the power to have boldness and to kind of kill out some of that shyness that I have to talk in front of people. In certain scenarios, in certain situations, it's the power that He gives me. I don't know what the power is that you need in your life. But the Bible says that whenever we receive the Holy Ghost, that we receive power to be His witnesses. That people will see us and we will speak to them. And they will notice a difference in us through the power of the Holy Ghost to be able to do things that normally we would not do and that the world would look at us and say that's a different person they don't talk the same thank you sister Brienne for mentioning that they don't look the same they don't smell the same and that's not funny there's some people that get the Holy Ghost and they do start smelling different and a whole new outlook on life that shower actually works their message that they went out through the power of the Holy Ghost and began to proclaim was very simple. Why don't you stand with me right now?
Their message was simple. That if you want the power to be able to do the things that God has for you to do, if you want the power to be able to fight this battle, to have peace in your home, to see your friends saved, to walk on your streets, and to know that God is working in your life the way that he intends. He says, I want you to repent of your sins. We're going to wash those sins away through baptism in the name of Jesus. And you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that spirit is going to come within you. And it's going to work through you. And you're going to do some things that you can't even imagine. And you're going to see some things that you can't even believe. And all throughout the book of Acts, there's healings that are done in Jesus' name. There's devils that are cast out in Jesus' name. There's people that are baptized all through the book of Acts in the name of Jesus. And they receive the Spirit of God, giving them the ability to have the authority to do what God has called them to do. To have the hope and the peace that God intends for them. The question today is not, is God able? But are you willing Are you willing to do what is required to have the power to live the life God intends for you? There are two groups of people that are sitting in front of me right now. One group, you have received the Holy Ghost. You have been baptized in Jesus' name. You have repented of your sins. You have done all those things. That spirit lives within you. But you let the enemy tell you every day that you don't have power, that you don't have ability, that you don't have the authority that you have. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We need some people that have the spirit of God working in you to understand who you are and to walk in the authority that you have and to take dominion over the things of this world that are trying to set strongholds in your homes, in your families, in your communities. But then there are others. You haven't done this yet. Maybe this is the first time that you've heard about this. And and I've got a relationship with God and, and I talk with Jesus and I've accepted him into my life and that's fine, but there's more. There's something that God has for each and every person under the sound of my voice. There's something more that God has for you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants to be in covenant with you as you go down in baptism in his name. And he wants to wash away all of that past. And he wants to create a place where you can walk brand new. And you can walk out of this church today different than the the way that you walked into this place and you can have an authority over sin. You can have an authority over death. You can have an authority over Satan and the devils and all the things of hell that tries to destroy you every day. You can have that today. Whether you are someone who needs to repent, who needs to be baptized, and who needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you are someone who has walked with God for for 50 years, I want you to come around this right now. I want you to come around and lift your hands and begin to declare and let God begin to say right now I'm going to give you that authority. Come on, why don't we ask God to help us? Why don't we ask God to give us the strength to fight every day? Why don't we make a new commitment right now to God that I'm going to go, that I'm going to fight.
it takes to win my family, to win my neighborhood, to win my city. Why don't we do that right now? Where you're at, why don't you lift your hands and make